Today, hope is needed more than ever. And the good news of Easter is that hope is alive. We invite you to gather with us this Easter at Mariners to celebrate Jesus's victory over death and his invitation to new life. Invite your friends and neighbors and join us at one of our many in-person Easter services. We have gatherings for every comfort level throughout Orange County. Not ready for physical gatherings? Tune into Mariners Easter service online. We can't wait to celebrate with you. Visit marinerschurch.org for all our service times and locations. Happy Easter. Welcome to the Gospel Everyday Podcast, following along with Mariner's Church Annual Read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens because of who Jesus is and what he has done. This year, we're journeying together through the book of Proverbs in the pursuit of wisdom. So glad you're tuning in. I'm Steve Bingley, your host. On this episode, we'll be looking at Job uh, chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. It reads this way. Consider who has perished when he was innocent. Where have the honest been destroyed? In my experience, this is one of Job's friends speaking. In my experience, those who plow injustice and those who sow trouble reap the same. To give a recap, you know, we're, we're examining how to be wise in the intersection between God's sovereignty uh, and his love in the midst of human suffering. And, you know, we've agreed, you know, wisdom is ultimately allowing God to be God, you know, and, and embracing who he is and therefore walking with the beautiful surrender in which we're honest, but we trust him. And even through the storm, we know that God doesn't owe us an answer, but the ultimate answer he's given to us is, is Jesus. And therefore, we know that he's for us. He has our best interest in mind. He cares for us. He loves us. He wants our honesty. And yet at the same time, his ways are and his understanding is much higher than us. And along the way, we talked about how there are unwise ways to think through uh, this tension point and this intersection, right? One is moralistic thinking, which we talked about in the episode previous. And today, we're going to do a deep dive on this. You know, we, we talked about how moralistic uh, answers to the problem of evil or, you know, human suffering and God's sovereignty, uh, it's, it's almost like religious karma, right? It, it's like when you go to Chuck E. Cheese and you put in a coin and you can play a game in the same way. It's like, well, I did some good things and so good things should show up in my life. Or, oh no, this bad thing happened. Is it because I did something wrong? That's the moralistic framework or, or God is trying to teach you something. That's why something bad happened. Um, and Here's why I think the moralistic framework is actually very attractive for us. Uh, Whether you've grown up in the church and you're super religious or whether you have never walked into the church and you consider yourself spiritual, two reasons. Number one, it actually gives us a sense of control, doesn't it? Because we feel like, well, if I perform, if I do more, if I contribute more spiritually, well, then then I can almost direct my own destiny and, and, and experience of life. So it it's attractive because it gives us a sense of control. But secondly, it gives us a, a nobility to our suffering or, or lack of suffering, right? When we go through something, we can rationalize, oh, it's because of my sins or it's because I didn't pray hard enough. Or when we do suffer, we can say, oh, 
God is trying to teach me something. Or when, we, when we're not suffering, we can say, oh, I know, it's because I've been reading my Bible and going to church. And so it actually gives us a sense of nobility, which could become superiority and, and relig- religiosity and self-righteousness, but it gives us A, a sense of control, and B, a nobility. But here's why this moralistic framework in trying to understand uh, human suffering in the midst of God's control is so devastating. In the end, you have to achieve your own salvation. You have to work your way out of the mess that you've apparently created, right? Here's what Tim and Kathy Keller say. With this view, every time trouble arrives, it will not just grieve you but destroy you because you will feel that it is all your fault. And it will lead to an exhausting road, a tiring road where you can never do enough. You, you can never do enough. And when you do enough, you, you, it, it's, just, it's, a, it's a treadmill of righteous works that you have to do and you never know where you stand with God. But here's the reality. Sometimes when suffering comes our way, sure, it is the consequence of our poor decisions. Yes, that's all over the Proverbs. But Proverbs is one side of wisdom literature. But there's another side of wisdom literature which says, and, and yet sometimes bad things happen. It's outside of our control. God did not cause it. You did not cause it through your lack of morality, but it just happened because of, of our fallen world, and God doesn't know us an explanation. Tim and Kathy Keller, they say, when we suffer, it may indeed be in part to correct us or wake us up, but not necessarily. All we know is God has hidden but good purposes. This is the Job side of wisdom. In other words, the Proverbs angle is, yes, yes, there is sometimes a link between our actions and our, the consequences and the suffering in our lives. But the Job side of wisdom says, sometimes there is no link. It's just fallen humanity. And so we, we need both. This is why God is so genius. He, he placed both Proverbs and Job. We, we need to hold, we, there's a practical consequence side to sin, right? Um, but we also need the fallen world view that we see in, we need to hold them both side by side. And in so doing, come to the conclusion, God does not cause suffering. God is in control and he has a plan even in a fallen world. So how do you navigate the tension of God's sovereignty and human suffering? Do you only have a Proverbs view only and in so doing maybe lead to an overly uh, moralistic framework? Or do you only have a Job view where it's everyone else's fault, it's just the fallen world's fault, or or do you hold both in tension? Here's how you can know that you only have a Proverb-only moralistic framework. Uh, number one, when, when something bad happens, you automatically wonder what you did wrong and what you did to deserve it. Number two, when something bad happens, you, you actually double down on spiritual disciplines. You know, okay, I, I got to pray more. I got to read my Bible more. I, I got to put some, you know, g- good stocks, spiritual stocks into my um, spiritual portfolio. Number three, when you fall, you're disappointed in yourself for failing yourself more than you are at breaking God's heart for your sin. Number four, you get bitter at God that someone who seems less moral than you, less spiritual, appears to be getting the better end of the sick. Those are some signs and symptoms of how we've only, of us subscribing only to a moralistic framework. But now, here's a few markers for maybe how you may hold both, both Proverbs and Job. Number one, when something bad happens, you, you may wonder, you know, you want to reflect to see if it was a consequence, but you also run to God knowing it's a fallen world and just bad things happen. Secondly, when something bad happens, 
you double down on spiritual disciplines, not to try to add good spiritual karma to your life, but because you want more of Jesus. Number three, you know, when you fail, you're disappointed because you broke God's heart, not just out of fear for bad spiritual karma. Number four, you rejoice over the success of others because you know in the end, everything, everything is the grace of God. Everything is a gift. Isn't this second marker such a better way to live? That's, that's what God invites us into. He invites us to hold both the proverb wisdom and yet also the Job. We, we need, we need, this is why God put both Proverbs and Job in the scriptures. I am so grateful for that. And, and, and here's why you can live in, in the confidence of that. Jesus. We see that in the life of Jesus. Jesus endured trials and sufferings for things he did not do because of a fallen world. And yet, God was in control and God had a plan. Would you rest in that today? Let's pray. God, thank you for being in control. Thank you for being in control of our sins. <laughs> when, we, when we stumble, you, you are faithful to us. And yet when we experience fallen, the fallen world and the devastating effects of that, you're still in control. Would you increase our faith, help our unbelief, and would you stir our hearts to go before you with honesty and vulnerability? You are not intimidated by our, by our honesty. So grateful that you're that kind of a God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for allowing us to be a part of your day. Please be sure to subscribe and share. You can tune in tomorrow for fresh new content. And remember, no matter what happens, there is unlimited grace for us today because of who Jesus is and what he has done. For questions about service times and more, you can access all information about Mariner's Church by downloading the Mariner's app at your favorite app store, visiting the website at marinerschurch.org, or by finding us on Instagram, Instagram handle Mariner's Church. Till next time, have a great day.